with Cork 2021, the 24th National Session of EWP Ireland. My name is Stephanie and today I will be interviewing the lovely chairperson of the Impel One Committee, Sarah. Hello, I'm Sarah. I'll be chairing the Empel One Committee at this session. I'm 19 and I'm studying law and social justice and I'm living in Dublin. So Sarah, why did you choose to work on this topic? Um, I thought this was a really interesting topic because it impacts a lot of different groups within Europe and there's a lot of different kind of perspectives can be taken on it. So there's kind of like a gender perspective on it, specifically women in the workplace and kind of gender equality and the wage gap. But it plays into a lot of those kind of issues. And then there's more issues for other uh, groups, such as single parents or same sex parents, and as well as there kind of being a socioeconomic factor to it so like accessibility through like affordability and then general just social norms surrounding it so I thought it was a really interesting topic that could be taken from a lot of different perspectives so I was interested to be able to chair to see the kind of perspectives that I could come up with for it and also that my committee would take to it as well because I think they'll all have their own kind of views and maybe even new perspectives that I hadn't considered before. So what are the key concepts for this particular topic? So the main key concept is parental leave. Uh, So the important thing to grasp here, I think, would be that parental leave is different to paternity and maternity leave. So they're generally uh, kind of shorter periods of time. Maternity leave tends to be longer in the case where the mother has given birth to the child. It kind of depends with different member states with adoption and a lot of different things in a lot of different countries. But it's taken directly after the arrival of a child, whether that was through adoption or whatever means. And it's kind of a couple of weeks and it tends to be paid. It might not always be fully paid, but it tends to be paid. Whereas parental leave is a longer period of time. The EU has mandated for up to four months. Now, that's not in place everywhere. But to get a general kind of definition of what the EU thinks it should look like, that's the amount of time they've given. And it can be taken over a much longer period. It doesn't have to be taken directly after the arrival of a child. It can be taken um, until there. It depends in different countries, but generally between the age of eight and 12. And it is often unpaid. Some member states pay uh, or give a bit of an allowance. It's kind of a newer thing than paternity and maternity leave. And then the last key concept uh, that we have is stigma. So I guess that kind of applies to the topic more generally. And it just addresses how social norms can influence behaviour. And obviously in this topic, it's stigma around taking parental leave, whether that is for women in the workplace that you know, it kind of can impact on their employment if it is assumed that they're going to take maternity leave and that's kind of stigmatised. And stigmatisation of men taking parental leave just because of old kind of gender roles and norms and the kind of damage that can do for men who want to take it. And also for their partners and how that can impact on them and the child. Who are the stakeholders involved in this issue? Two of the big stakeholders in this topic would be the ILO, which are the International Labour Organization, and the European Social Partners. So they are both kind of agencies that work with employees' rights. So the ILO is actually an agency of the UN. Uh, So it's kind of international, but obviously that also applies to the EU. And they kind of try to set out the standard of work and work environments. So obviously parental leave would come into play there a lot. And they've done a lot of work on maternity and paternity leave, especially, and they have kind of different campaigns and stuff for that. Whereas the European Social Partners, they represent employees, but they also represent employers. So rather than being a kind of an independent organisation, these are more the organisations who have been recognised in dialogue with the European Union about the rights of employers and employees. So it's a bit more formal because it has been set up by the EU. So it is a body that is controlled by the EU. And then obviously our member states and the European Commission are pretty important as well. So our member states are just the various countries that are within the European Union. And it's important to keep in mind with this topic, 
that just because the EU has set something out or it's just because something is one way in one member state doesn't mean it's like that somewhere else. So a lot of them have actually very, very differing approaches towards parental leave and maternity and paternity leave as well. And then obviously the European Commission is the body responsible for proposing legislation and putting in place decisions and making sure they're being followed. Um, But they do have a kind of limited power over the member states. So this is a shared competency. Um, So they can both legislate in this area, which is kind of why there's a bit of differentiation between the two. And then, of course, our last stakeholder is the families and the people who wish to take parental leave and the children that they wish to take parental leave for. Because at the end of the day, that's kind of what it's all about, making sure that they have the right access and the best access to their rights that they can have. What are the barriers to accessing paternal leave? So one of those in the EU has been employment status. So it's different across all member states and all of these are different across member states. Um, But unemployed parents and self-employed parents tend to be more at risk of not being able to access parental leave or just do not have the rights to access those benefits at all. So that's obviously a big issue. Uh, There's also a gender divide. So men are a lot less likely to avail of parental leave, which causes issues on a lot of different sides, because on one hand, it can be stigmatised for men. Uh, Statistics show that they feel that they're not really supported by their companies to take it or they feel it's not really expected of them to take it. Uh, So men who want to take that parental to leave out to be involved with their child might feel they can't and if those men are in heterosexual relationships where they're raising that child with a woman then it can be a disadvantage to that woman as well in the workplace if it's assumed that she will be taking the parental leave and that that might not sit well with her employer or she might not want to take parental leave but might feel she has to so there's a, a couple of issues on both sides there and there's also should definitely be some thought given to those who identify outside of male and female and to see what kind of provisions are in place for them and what kind of barriers are in place for them. And also in terms of affordability, um, in a lot of member states, parental leave is not paid um, or compensated for. There are kind of varying degrees of like allowances uh, throughout member states, but if it isn't compensated for, a lot of people just can't afford to take a couple of months off work. Um, So that's definitely a big issue in terms of accessing it and also job security afterwards if people feel that uh, they're going to lose out on opportunities within their workplace if they're going to lose out on promotions if they're not going to be able to return to their original job after a couple of months and they feel they might have to take a lower position or have lost out on progressing in their career that can also uh, play a part and there's also barriers for same-sex parents across the member states. So in 2016, 11 member states didn't grant parental leave rights to same-sex couples. Um, So that's obviously a really, really big issue uh, for those parents who want to equally spend that time with their child. And they're the main ones we focus on in the CO, but there's also groups that, such as uh, single parents and the difference uh, in rights granted to parents who are adopting children versus parents who are um, having a natural birth and keeping that child uh so yeah there's a couple of different groups that kind of need to be focused on and a lot of different perspectives that need to be looked at to cover it completely has anything been done so far to tackle this issue this issue has been tackled different ways in different member states but in terms of the eu uh, the major action that has been taken is the eu directive on work-life balance for parents and carers uh which has majorly expanded the parental leave rights um it's expanded for people who are in part-time or full-time that's not allowed to impact what type of leave you're entitled to and it's provided a bit of job security uh, in that you have the right to return to your initial role 
uh, or to one that was similar to it if they have a good reason to have to have moved you from that initial role but they can't just your employer can't just move you from your initial role uh, to kind of discourage the taking of parental leave. So it has also like broadened it out so to that four month period. Uh, but as this is a directive, it doesn't impose specific policies on member states. So basically what that means is it doesn't tell them exactly what to do. It tells them what they should be aiming to do, which is to encourage this leave and make this leave accessible in those ways. But it doesn't tell the member states in exactly what way to do that. So they've kind of gone about that in a lot of different ways. Okay, cool. That sounds like a lot of efforts have been made already. So what's the story with the policy that is in place already? Oh, the policy approaches are exactly that. It's the member states trying to reach the goals of that directive and just improve their own services. So one policy um, that is present in Finland is the parental leave allowance. So rather than leaving the parents unpaid while they're taking this leave, they receive essentially an allowance from the government. It's based off their average level of income and it includes unemployed people. So they get what's known as a minimum rate. So they're also able to avail of this allowance, which is really brilliant. And it has really advanced the amount of time that people take in parental leave and the amount of people who can avail of it because obviously it's a lot more accessible now affordability wise. There's also bonus that have been awarded is Sweden has been awarding bonuses and um, like cash bonuses to families where parental leave is split evenly between both parents so that's kind of trying to tackle the gender divide there encourage more men to take their leave and kind of make it more equal in the home work life uh, and there's also indiv- individual entitlements which is allocating a certain amount of parental leave for the father and it's not allowed to be transferred to the mother in uh, heterosexual couples who have had a child so this has seen to a fairer division of parental leave and that was in Germany especially uh, the uptake of paternal parental leave really rose after the introduction of that policy. So Sarah what can be done next? So moving forward with this issue uh, we're seeing parental leave become a lot more commonplace which is brilliant because it's been proven to have a lot of benefits for society on a lot of different levels uh, for the families um, who take it for the parents for the children in their terms of their development in terms of uh, well-being of the family in terms of businesses they see better employee performance better employee retention better just well-being in the workplace because they've been encouraged to take this time off and it just creates a better kind of sense of morale and it's just a beneficial thing for companies to have so it's really important to keep encouraging it in terms of making it accessible I think the most important thing is to look at it from every perspective because there's a lot of different types of family units and family units that are in a lot of types of situations employment wise or financial wise so in order to make sure that it's accessible for all because I think it would be really beneficial to make it accessible for all we need to look at it from all of those perspectives so there's no point in when we're drawing up our kind of plans for how we can make this accessible to look at only one type of family unit because that's not how the world works and by doing that we could be cutting off so many other families from accessing this so yeah I think it's just important to take into account loads of different perspectives and ultimately make something that works for everyone not just one idea of what a family unit would be or what one employment situation would be. With that, we encourage you to read the topic overview and have a read through the articles and sites linked at the end. Thank you for listening and we would look forward to meeting you at the session. Mm-hmm.